Hello, this is Jacqueline Goose from Women's Council. We'll be waiting for others to join us. Radio, we're never, we're never allowed to have dead air. Jacqueline, how are you doing today? All right, <laughs> I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so, don't be nervous it's all good thinking, is this the point where everybody's going to see us you know because it's recording from now yep yeah we're so, on yeah we're on we've got we've got nine or ten ten people joining us so far so people are good. coming in okay that's good and it's always good to wait just a couple minutes because sometimes the zoom thing takes a little bit to to, to get logged in so okay I think this is, I've done uh, women's council events before, but uh, this is the first time I'm not in control and I'm realizing not being in control may be one of my buttons. Uh, uh-huh, that's right. <laughs> this type A personality, real talk. <laughs> yeah, right? No, yeah, that's hard to imagine, Jacqueline. Um, <laughs> so, uh, all right. Um, anyway, uh, I, I, I'm headed to Mexico today. I'm headed down to speak at a conference in Acapulco. So I'm really glad we got this in in the morning. And I'm, as soon as this is over, I'm jumping in my, my truck and I'm driving to the airport. So anyway, this is, this is to good. To warmer weather. because I, I, I think so. Although it's been really nice here in uh, Shepherdstown. How, how's it been in Boston? I'm actually, it's cool, but it's lovely. I like cold. I'm not, I'm not adverse to it. I don't yeah. like below zero. But, um, you know, 30s and 40s, I, it's all right. a nice, yeah, a nice brisk walk as long as it's sunny. It's great. So Boston has been great. We've been great. Yeah. I've been hiking every day. So, um, yes, but warmer weather. And I'm going to need the link after this so that I can place it inside my website because my website will be going live next Friday. Ah, tremendous. Tremendous. Well, this is being recorded, so you can put the whole thing in there. And I guess you're going to put it up on Facebook as well, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. What do you think? You want to get started? That would be good. It's all you. You're in control, Jacqueline. That's, uh, <laughs> <new one>. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, we should probably, how many people do we have in right now, Shanae? We have enough to get started. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Let's go. Let's go for it. Jacqueline, do you want to go ahead and introduce Mike and the Women's Council and make the, yes. the lovely pleasantry introduction? <laughs> yes, I shall. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, this is Jacqueline Goose, um, President for Women's Council of Greater Boston and Central of Women's Realtors. Um, just wanted to talk to you a little bit about the um, our, about our four pillars. Uh, Women's Council's four pillars are education, referrals, networking, and leadership. Uh, Women's Council are a group, a network of women, uh, actually biz, uh, realtor professionals, that um, are the highest paid and known for holding the most offices nationally. And we're looking forward to having a wonderful year. And if you want to look us up at wcr.org, actually, you should look us up and see our calendar of events. We'll be having uh, Michael attend again. And we will also have other um, 
events occurring. Uh, one coming up uh, is our book club that we're doing the ultimate coach. And um, we were so blessed to have Michael come. Michael is a very good friend, Michael Cobb. And he works uh, with ECI development. Um, Michael has spoken at hundreds of international conferences about real estate financing and development is actually how I met Michael. And yeah. uh, he has acted as a consultant uh, to the Oxford Club and gives counsel to various real estate uh, projects throughout North, uh, Central America. And he will be telling you a little bit more about that because he has a very, very um, exciting life. Ah. So Michael, take the floor. <laughs> Thank you, Jacqueline. Uh, it, you know, sometimes I wish it was less exciting, but anyway, we'll, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Anyway, thank you very much. It, it's nice to be with you all. And, and in fact, uh, one of the reasons, in fact, the real reason that I'm actually working with the National Association of Realtors, Realtors in general, and the Women's Council is because of your CEO, Jeff Hornberger. Many, many, many years ago, back in 2006, I think, it was either six or seven, I don't remember, Jeff led a CIPS uh, training class to Nicaragua. I was there. He was speaking with a bunch of the folks in the tourism ministry and stuff like that. And they said, oh, man, you got to go talk to this Mike Cobb guy. He's got this project out there called Grand Pacifica. And so Jeff uh, looked me up and, and we got together and we ended up, uh, maybe it was even earlier, 2005, because I remember our stuff was under construction. We actually set up tents and we, we catered in this thing called Caballo Bio, which is kind of like make your own fajita, Nicaraguan style. Anyway, mm -hmm. uh, Jeff had this group of whatever, 30, 40 folks there for the class. We gave some presentations. They came out to the beach one day for a Saturday or Sunday and had a wonderful time. And, 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 and Jeff and I became friends and, and over the years, uh, he brought me in to be part of a presidential advisory group uh, at the National Association when he was with NAR uh, and, and helped get me on the board of directors. And, and then, then he left and became the CEO of the Women's Council, of course. Uh, Jeff and I have stayed in touch, and, and I really owe him a big debt of gratitude for uh, making that very first introduction to the Realtor, uh, the Realtor Association and, and folks like you. Because you know one of the things that I've always thought about and always paid attention to is gosh, there are so many people buying property overseas. And you know, we work in Central and South America. So we work in Latin America, but people are going to Asia. People are going to Europe. Uh, they're going all over the place. I know, uh, Jacqueline, you were just in Dubai. I saw your pictures I'm on the- Dubai. On I have my offices in Dubai right now. And I also am going to be yeah. doing about that as well. Yes. Right. So, so, right. So people are going everywhere. So, so, and, and, and what I really hope that folks take away from this presentation is that we all know people who are buying property overseas, who are thinking about buying property overseas. Many of those thinking will do it. And here's the key. Somebody is going to earn a commission, right? Somebody's going to earn a referral fee or a commission for that transaction. My question is, why not you? You're here. You're spending an hour of your time today to be on this webinar. Why not you? Why don't you earn that fee? And we're going to talk about how we can do that. Uh, what we're going to do today is because uh, Jacqueline asked me to talk about two different things. One is this taking your business global. How do you earn referral fees? And we're going to talk about that first. The second thing is the crypto space and what's happening there. Because if we can stay on the front edge of this one, uh, it's a big one. It's a huge one. And so we're going to spend maybe about 30 minutes on the first section, 15 minutes on the second section. So uh, if it's all right, you want me to go ahead and get started, Jacqueline? I'll, I'll Absolutely. Get, I'll get Absolutely. rolling. All right. Well, good. All right. So the, the, the real tenet here is 
do you bring value to an outbound transaction? And for a lot of domestic realtors, that's a good question, right? You're sitting in Boston or, or Florida or Texas or wherever you're sitting and you think, how do I bring value to an outbound transaction? What can I do? I don't know anything about Latin America or Thailand or, or Dubai or wherever. So, so we're going to talk about what that is and how you actually do bring value to an outbound transaction. It's not as hard as you think it is. Uh, uh, Jacqueline mentioned I've been around a while. Our company was started in 1996. I'm one of the two founders of the company. And uh, you know we, we, we've we've developed real estate all over Latin America now, and 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 we're not going to spend a lot of time on this here, but we'll come back and we'll kind of circle around to what are some of the options that people have when they go overseas. We're going to talk about these five things in the first presentation. Yes, you bring value to the outbound transaction. Well, why are people looking for property overseas? And if they're looking overseas, what do they need to be careful about? Uh, what's hot? Where are people looking? And then we're going to focus on one country. I always like to have a case study where it helps to drill down because if you understand what that specifics are, sometimes that opens up the bigger generalities and you'll have a better understanding with the case study. So, all right, here we go. Question is, is you know, why will you bring value to the outbound transaction, right? That's the big question. Well, we're going to start here. You know, why should you bring value? Well, here it is. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this number. 103,000 people were surveyed. That is a massive statistical sampling. And what they found was 11.6% of those folks were looking for property overseas. I just like to round that off and say one out of 10. One out of 10 of US citizens are looking for property overseas, right? So if one out of 10 are looking for property overseas, chances are if you've listed homes and sold homes and you've been in the business for, I don't know, a decade or two or three, you have two, three, four, 500 clients and people in your network, well, 20, 30, 40, 50 of those people on average are looking for property overseas. The, the reality is, is they might not know that you could help them. How would they know? You're, you're a realtor in Boston or Texas or wherever, right? How would they even think that you might be able to help them in their overseas purchase? Well, uh, these are the tools that help you do it, right? Well, first thing we have to do is we have to figure out who the one out of 10 is. Right, the nine out of 10 who aren't looking for property overseas, fine, but there is one out of 10. So we need to identify that subset. We need to serve them, of course. We have to bring value to the transaction. And when we bring value, we deserve to earn a fee for that. So those are the three steps. The identification process is so easy. Uh, uh, Shanae, who was on here earlier, runs our international referral network. She has a whole set of tools, things like this is uh, Maya Minnick, one of our realtor affiliates, right? This is her, uh, at the end of every email, this is what she has, Maya Minnick, West USA, you know, phone number, blah, blah, blah. And then underneath it, she's got this little scrolling thing. And so every email she sends to all 500 of her clients has this thing at the bottom, looking for international real estate, I can help. When somebody clicks on that, it has a unique tracking link. So it gives her a copy, gives us a copy, we register that person. Now she's identified the, that one out of 10 in her network. But every single email that goes out, it's so soft. It's so soft. It's not pushy. It's just saying, hey, if you're looking, I can help, right? Easy, easy tool. And this one is really like uh, press and forget, right? It's the easy button. You set this up one time and every email you send out has this signature box and it works for you forever. Web banners, if you do social media, if you have newsletters, things like that, right? 
We'll give you content. We'll give you banners. We'll give you things that are eye-catching that allow people to click it. Again, it's their choice. They click it. And now they've identified themselves as someone who's looking for property overseas. I hope many of you produce a newsletter. You should. Newsletters are tremendous ways to stay top of the mind presence with clients and, and, and leads and prospects, right? Uh, you know, and we have great content. And we're going to talk about a little bit of the content later when we get into the things people should be careful of. But, but again, if you're producing a newsletter and you want some content, again, we can give you the content and the content has your link in it, right? It's a unique tracking link. So if somebody clicks on it, you are immediately registered as the lead source for life. Let me repeat that. When somebody clicks one of your links, you are listed and registered as a lead source of record for life in our database. So if they ever transact six months or six years from now, you get a referral fee. That's really important, tracking for life. We have great resources. Again, we get people in the funnel. We can send them handbooks for the different countries and other resource materials. And if you do decide to enroll, just reach out to Shanae or Shanae, I think you're still on here. I see you're, you're there on the side. Um, just make a point to reach out to the folks who registered for this uh, webinar and, and, and let them know how they can join the program. There's, there's no cost. It's free to join and we provide all the tools. And here's the thing that's really cool. The tools are generic. We work in Latin America, you know, but if, if, if uh, Jacqueline takes some of these tools and she's got it on her website and somebody clicks it and that person wants to be, you know, own a property in Dubai, well, she can help serve them in Dubai, but now she knows who they are and she can work an arrangement Well, she doesn't have to, she has an office over there. But, but let's say it's somebody who wants a, a home in France, right? They, they've always dreamed of having, you know, retiring to France. And so Jacqueline can pick up the phone, she can call a CIPS realtor in France, work out a deal, make that referral, Jacqueline will receive some money. We don't get anything in that transaction, right? We get nothing from that, but it was our tools that helped produce it. These tools are generic. So uh, please, when Sinead reaches out to you, uh, get back with her, get in the program, start using these tools. They work. They absolutely work. Uh, and we'd love to, uh, we'd love to help you uh, make that happen. So, um, and Sinead, I see you on there now. You're going to do that. You're going to reach out to everybody? Yes, absolutely. Hi, everybody. And I'm looking forward to making connections with each and every one of you and getting you started to building your business globally. Yep. That's great. Thank you. Well, let's let's explore why people are buying property overseas. It's really simple, right? People are looking for diversification, right? That that's an important thing. Uh, they're looking for path of progress, right? How can I get somewhere where I I can you know take advantage of of a much stronger path of progress? And then there's the retirees or people who are digital nomads who are looking for a quality of life, a change of life experience. And, and these are the three principal reasons people are looking and buying property overseas. So remember, one out of 10 people who you already know, who are already in your network, are thinking about owning property overseas, one out of 10. Uh, and, and, and if we look at those numbers, I mean, right here, I mean, Zogby was a survey, right? But here are actual numbers, eight million expats live outside the US and Canada right now, today. This is what's happening right now. And over 600,000 of them are retirees. By the way, that number more than doubled in the last 11 years. So that number is big and growing and growing quickly. The new generation, the digital nomads, uh, th this is huge. There are a lot, I've written some articles about this. This is a major societal shift for the first time in human history. 
for the first time in human history, for many people, work and the location of work have been decoupled. This is a societal shift, agricultural revolution, industrial revolution. We are now finally seeing what I would call the fruits of the post-industrial revolution, right? Anyway, lots of great stuff. If you, if you want to see one of the articles, let me know. I'll be happy to send one or two of those over. But, but this demographic, the digital nomads, the remote workers, much younger uh, and, and very, very active, very, very much moving into uh, the international space. And, and, and our business in the last couple of years has gone gangbusters. And, and the big reason is this demographic coming into the market. Uh, they're there, they're vibrant, they're doing it, and they are very, very active. Uh, quality of life is phenomenal overseas. Uh, uh, just just uh, medical care can be tremendous. Uh, a lot of the countries in Latin America and Asia and Southeast Asia are bringing in people uh, for medical tourism. People are traveling to India and Thailand for heart surgery from the United States, you know, joint replacements, all kinds of things. So medical care overseas can be tremendous. Now I want to switch gears a little bit, and I want to talk about the value you can bring to this transaction, okay? Why your clients need you, because they really do. They don't know that they need you, because none of us knows what we don't know, right? We don't know what we don't know. I like to say that's stuff outside the radar screen. Here's our radar screen, but anything outside of that, we don't know, and we don't know what we don't know, right? And when we go overseas, the second adjunct to that is that we must forget what we think we know, right? When Dorothy landed in, uh, in Oz, right? She, she had this feeling she wasn't in Kansas anymore, right? She was someplace different. And the assumptions she brought with her didn't hold up, right? Scarecrows don't walk and talk and tin men and lions and right? I mean, there were lots of assumptions that she brought with her that don't hold water when you go overseas. Well, a lot of these assumptions are also true in real life, right? What's the old saying? We don't compare apples and oranges, right? What do we compare? We compare apples and apples. But are all apples the same thing? Nuance is very important, right? Apples to apples doesn't necessarily mean you're getting the same thing, right? And we're going to look at a couple examples of that. Most important tenet when we go overseas is we have to slow down. Because sadly, a lot of people end up with margarita madness. They're on vacation in Cancun. They're having the time of their lives. And the next thing you know, they've bought a condo. No, nobody buys a condo in the US in three days, right? I mean, we're going to shop or we're going to talk to some lawyers and talk to realtors. But that this margarita madness is, is, is definitely a, a real thing. And, 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 and the way we prevent that is to slow down, right? And so we as real estate professionals can counsel our folks, the one in 10 that are on our list, hey, take it easy, slow down, let me help you, right? And then we can actually do real due diligence. But we come back to this idea of how do we do diligence, do due diligence, if we don't know what we don't know? Well, we've put together a book called the Consumer Resource Guide. It's a great resource. It's not a sales document. It is a consumer resource guide for people buying property overseas. And we offer these 15 questions and three basic principles. The first one is simply buy what you see. So check out question number four in the Consumer Resource Guide. Is the home or condominium plumbed for hot water in all the bathrooms? Now, in Boston or you know, Iowa or Texas, we'd all just kind of like, uh, duh, yeah, right? Of course, every bathroom has hot water. But around the world, that's not always the case. 
check out this beautiful condominium in Costa Rica. Uh, I was there, I guess, about four or five years ago. The view is spectacular. Look at that view off the balcony. Three bedrooms, three and a half bath, beautiful condominium, about uh, 22, 2300 square feet. Bathroom's pretty nice. This is one of the guest bathrooms. You know, nice uh, marble or quartz, whatever, the nice mirror, the lighting of the bathroom's great. And, and it has beautiful, look at those faucets on that picture on the lower left, right? Nice American, you know, Delta, I don't know what it was, but a nice faucet. And if you turn the left one on, it has water. And if you turn the right one on, it has water. And you might think the left one's hot, but actually if you got down on your hands and knees, which I did and looked under the sink and took that picture, which I right there, what that is, is a cold water pipe coming out of the wall with a Y splitter so that both taps up top have water coming out of them, but it's only cold water. And two of the three bathrooms were like this and the showers were likewise cold water showers. Question for you. This is the question of the day right here, $64,000 question. Do you believe that your clients would want to know that those two guest bedrooms and bathrooms had only cold water before they wrote a check for $379,000? Do you believe they would want to know that before? And if the answer is yes, you immediately have a way to bring value to the outbound transaction. This is one of 15 questions, right? Another whole set of questions, five questions center around this idea of owning community. What is community? Community is people who enjoy spending time with one another, right? But you need places like golf courses for people to be able to play golf or tennis or clubhouses and restaurants and swimming pools. You have to have ways for people to get together to create community. And all of these things are important. And if you have a, I call them ghost towns. If there's just lots on a beach with nothing there, that's not a community, right? Communities are very, very different. And they're very, very challenging to produce uh, community with five questions about that, that you can help your clients begin to understand. And then there's the issue of know the developer. Know the developer, because when you buy property overseas, again, coming out of the US, see, we have all these uh, assumptions, right? And, and we uh, just assume that there's zoning, right? Well, when you, you, know, when you buy a piece of property overseas, there, of course, there's zoning, right? Well, maybe there is, probably there isn't, right? Zoning is a US and, and Northern European thing. It's not a Latin American or developing world thing, right? Uh, and, and the developer, right? I mean, in California, things are warrantied for years, years. The developer has to put up a big bond to warranty stuff, you know, for, for you know, 20 years in some cases, right? Warranty on a product in Latin America might be 20 minutes or 20 seconds. Maybe there is no warranty, right? Again, we have these assumptions. So we have to know the developer. It's really important because again, truth in advertising, you know, all of these kinds of rules and regulatory agencies that protect us in the US, protect our clients in the US, you know, from fraud, right? We are moving, let me just say it this way. When we go overseas, we are moving from a seller beware, right? Consumer, you know, laws and things like that, seller beware to buyer beware. And if we don't know how to live in that environment, act in that environment, purchase something in the environment, be conscious of things we have to do for ourselves because it's buyer beware. You know, we have to change how we think. Knowing the developer is really important. Making sure the developer has great people, a whole team of people. Right? You go somewhere and they're gonna do this, that, and every other thing. Well, how many people do you see? I mean, do you see four guys in an office or do you see 40 guys? 
right? I mean, like, you know, if you're going to do a whole lot of work, right, you need a whole team of people. So, so this is something very easy to see, right? But it's all about knowing the developer. And I can absolutely assure you that I would never buy a piece of property overseas. And you should counsel your clients to never buy property overseas unless they see the financials from the developer. Ask to see the financials because then you'll know how strong that developer is, right? Your clients need to do that. Again, in the States, they're bonding agencies. You can't build a 50 home development or a giant condominium building with 30, 40 condos in it unless you've bonded it in the US. But overseas, there is no bonding, right? So maybe the developer gets started and he, and he runs out of money and he stops, right? So again, it's our responsibility. It's our opportunity to serve our clients to make sure they are very happy, right? That they end up with a home or a condominium. They end up with community, right? They end up with hot water and all their bathrooms, right? They end up with what they expect. And when they're happy, you'll be happy. And if you help them do it and you bring this value to the transaction, you can also earn a fee for doing it. Uh, if you would like a copy of the Consumer Resource Guide, just shoot us a quick note, realtor at ecidevelopment.com. We will send you this book. It's a download. Uh, take a look at it. See how you think this would serve your clients, because this is also the kind of resource that you'll be able to provide to your clients with your own tracking link, right? So that it gets tracked, of course, right? And anybody that you send over and refer or downloads this book becomes your lead source of record for life, but it gives them the kind of resources they're going to need to make better decisions when they buy property overseas. You will be bringing value to the transaction. And when you do that, you know, you can earn a fee as well. Latin America, I always just talk a little bit about Latin America. We're going to drill down to a, uh, the Belize case study. Um, you know, there's so many different geographies in, in Latin America, everything from the, you know, the southern parts of South America with, you know, vineyards and, and all kinds of incredible desert landscapes to jungles to tropical highlands to, uh, uh, and, and, and then when we go to the world, it's even bigger. I mean, this, this is incredible. I mean, Jacqueline. Oh, anyway. Okay. Anyway. Um, uh, I mean, there are incredible hotspots all over the world, and, and many of them are in Asia uh, and Europe. I mean, people are looking to own a home overseas all over the world. And again, the tools that we provide are generic tools. So if somebody's looking for a home in France or something in Thailand, the tools that we can provide through the referral program are powerful generic tools to help you do that. Here's a, a thought that I like to place in, in people's minds. You know, it, it's the idea of a pizza parlor, right? Because, you know, I don't like Hawaiian pizza. I do like anchovies. Many people don't like anchovies, right? But my example here is, you know, if I owned a pizza parlor, I would absolutely sell Hawaiian pizza because, you know, it's not about what I like. It's about what clients like. And I hope if you don't like anchovies, but you own a pizza parlor, that you would sell anchovy pizza. Because again, it's not about what you like. It's about what other people like. And I'm gonna give you a great example of this right now, because many of you I'm sure will wrinkle up your nose and go, no way, right? But again, it's not about what you like, it's about what your clients like. Nicaragua, our number one seller in the last two years, by far. And I know people think, oh, Nicaragua, right? Okay, fine, that's what you might think, but it has been our absolute biggest seller because it's like Hawaiian pizza or anchovy pizza. It's not about what you like or I like. 
It's about what clients like. Uh, our Grand Pacifica community is tremendous. I mean, we have a beautiful golf course, horseback trails. Uh, it's a big surfing center. Uh, you know, uh, almost 100 folks living out there full time now with families, kids, you know, grandkids. Uh, we have turtle launches. Uh, it is a spectacular community and it's growing, growing, growing. And in fact, we have 80 new homes under construction right now, 80 new homes. Like I said, it's been our biggest seller. It's hard to imagine because again, Nicaragua, Nicaragua, and, and, it's, and it's popular with that younger set, right? That digital nomad. So again, this idea of anchovies or Hawaiian pizza, we might not like Nicaragua. We might remember the news from the 1980s, right? That's all old news. And in fact, a lot of these people who are owning these tiny homes and, and the other homes that are in construction, they were around in the 80s and it's just not important to them. So again, we need to keep in mind that it's it's really about what the customers are looking for, not what we like. Uh, price points from about 150 to about 400 uh, for all kinds of product there. Honduras, again, not a country that many of us would say, oh, I wanna own something in Honduras, but a lot of folks are. And, and, and so let's pay attention to that. Again, serving people where they want to live. Uh, El Salvador, again, a country that might be like, whoa, El Salvador, but we're going to talk more about El Salvador when we talk about crypto as well. But I think I'll just flip through this and we'll get to that later. Um, Panama. Now, Panama is a country where many of us have, have got good feelings about it, right? Uh, in fact, a lot of people were actually uh, stationed in the canal zone. I just talked uh, with a woman the other day at the United Help Desk, uh, and she grew up in Panama in one of the canal uh, uh, military bases. So again, Panama is a place that has, I think, good comfort level for many people. Uh, Panama's got beaches, it's got tropical highlands. Uh, tropical highlands, by the way, is a kind of climate that I call springtime all the time. If they grow coffee up in the mountains and the temperatures, you know, 65, 70 at night, uh, at night and about 75, 80 in the day, every day of the year. So again, uh, tremendous opportunities for folks to own a property uh, uh, this is one of the communities that we're building in the Highlands, uh, just a spectacular uh, property. But again, price points that $150,000 to $200,000 uh, for a home. And I want to drill down a minute and just take a, maybe about five minutes or so now and talk about Belize specifically. And then we'll change gears and we're going to talk about crypto. But on the Belize case study, this is, we, we talk about one of the reasons people are buying property overseas is path of progress, right? Path of progress. And, and what that really means is as a country goes up a development curve, or as I like to call this curve, the popularity curve. And you can see El Salvador, Honduras, Nicaragua down at the bottom, not very popular, right? And you've got places like Cancun, Puerto Vallarta, the Pacific side of Costa Rica up at the top. And, and really how I put the places on this curve was I just asked myself a very simple question. I said, if somebody in Boston or Iowa or Chicago or Texas was getting married this weekend, where are they likely to go on their honeymoon next week? Right, where are they going? Well, not very many going to you know, Honduras and Nicaragua and actually a whole bunch of them going to Cancun and Costa Rica, right? It's much more popular, right? So popularity does some different things, right? It, it obviously means prices are, of property are more expensive. The rents there, if you stay in a hotel, or it's, you know, it's gonna be more expensive. So this is path of progress. Well, Belize, I've been working in Belize since 1996. So what's that? Uh, 26 years now, right? Yep, 26 years. And uh, 
we've seen Belize go from way down at the bottom, not popular, no one had ever heard of it, to today where it's actually pretty popular, giving away Belize, free weeks in Belize on Wheel of Fortune, right? The cruise ships have been going there for about 15 years. So when the cruise ships start going and Wheel of Fortune's giving away weeks in Belize, it's getting to be more popular. But what's interesting is, is that the hotel product, the room type of product, hasn't kept up with the popularity, which is really exciting. It's an incredible opportunity, right? It's path of progress. So if we look at places like Costa Rica and Cancun and, and other parts of, of Mexico, like we know what happened there over the last you know, 10, 15 years, right? They went from a few branded hotels to uh, you know, 20 or 30 branded hotels, pick the number, right? And so like if we know that this is what happens as a country climbs in popularity, we can put ourselves in front of the path of progress. And a lot of folks who are in your network who are thinking about property overseas, they are thinking about it as an investment in the path of progress. They're doing their research. Uh, this might be new to you, but for many of those folks, they've been researching it for years. Uh, they're subscribing to different publications and, and, uh, and, and are reading newsletters and they're, maybe they're even taking trips, right? They're putting themselves in the path of progress. Well, this is what it means. Uh, Belize, again, the, the reason that we're picking this as a case study is because of where it's out on the popularity curve. But, you know, it's also very close to the U.S., two hours from Miami and Houston, three hours from Atlanta, uh, flights coming in from all over the United States and Canada. Uh, again, very, very popular destination. English is the official language. The country of Belize, right? So you've got this Central American country where English is the official language tremendous residency programs. Uh, we're not going to get into it, but they make it easy to move there as a retiree. Lots of retirees moving. The economy is absolutely booming. Uh, it's a small economy. There's only 400,000 people in the country, but boy, they are ramping it up. And in terms of popularity, it ranks well on TripAdvisor. People who go there love it and they keep coming back. Uh, tourism, you can see, was, was climbing, climbing, climbing over the last you know, decade, obviously 2020, COVID, you know, starting to rebuild. Um, so, uh, you know, and, and I, think, uh, I think it's really important to understand COVID, there's not a country in the world where that chart didn't look like this chart right here because of COVID, right? But already you can see, I mean, it's 144 to 218. I mean, I mean that's a 50% increase in one year, right? Belize, again, that popularity is carrying it back to being an incredible tourism destination. And the good news is for us as investors, right, or for our clients as investors, um, is that we have this opportunity before the prices absolutely skyrocket as more and more people come back and the demand continues to grow. Belize has got so much uh, diversity and it's such a tiny country. The country is about the size of Massachusetts. There you go, Jacqueline turned up on its side, right? It's about a 80 miles wide and about 160, 170 miles north to south. Um, it's a very small country, but it's got, it's got all of this. It's got caves that you can float through on inner tubes, Mayan ruins, jungle uh, tours, bird watching, uh, and, and then all kinds of water activities, right? And as real estate professionals, pay attention to this one, the old axiom of location, location, location. There's the country of Belize, again, about 80 miles wide, 160, 70 miles north to south. But that little island right there off the coast, Ambergus Key, generates 70% of all the tourism revenue for the country. So if we're looking for path of progress, that's where it's happening.
Ambergus Key. Uh, beautiful water activities. Uh, it is an incredible location. Again, I've been going there since 1996 and I've watched it go from being a very niche market with fishermen and divers to a family place where we've got kids and uh, people doing all kinds of water activities. Uh, so the island has matured, the tourism has matured, but it is stunningly beautiful. And uh, in terms of this idea of path of progress and getting in early. Well, I mean, there's three branded hotels on the island of Ambergus Key. There's a Curio by Hilton, there's an Autograph by Marriott, and there's a Best Western. And Best Western franchise is ours. And it's the only branded product off the water, about three blocks off the water. So it's a value proposition for the clients who are looking to spend $150 a night instead of $350 a night. No, it's not sexy, it's three-star product. But again, there's a whole group of consumers coming out of the US who are very happy to spend $150 a night and, and walk to the beach and enjoy everything the island has to offer, right? For about you know, a third of what it would cost them to be on the water. And for folks, again, looking to get in and take advantage of what's happening, right? Condos for $130,000 at the Best Western, branded Best Western, studio condominiums, one bedrooms and two bedrooms. And the other thing that's going on is we actually have a Marriott hotel under construction. Uh, we will be the red brand Marriott. Uh, we had a groundbreaking uh, just uh, two weeks ago in Belize. Uh, and, and I always like to mention that we, the development company, we are keeping 60%. Over half of the residences in this Marriott will stay with us, the development company. Uh, there's us at the groundbreaking, uh, very exciting event. Um, and studio residences at the Marriott overlooking the water $320,000. So for clients looking, and again, and this is path of progress. If you wanted this exact same product in Cancun, it'd be close to a million dollars, a million dollars. And that's, I mean, look, it's, it's about 150 miles north of Ambergus Key, Cancun, right? So literally you're talking about the same water, the same ocean, the same reef, the same everything, right? And it's three times the price. Why is that? Well, it's in Cancun. It's not in San Pedro. But you know, 20 years ago, you could have bought that same condo for probably $350,000. So again, looking at path of progress, your clients are. Your clients are absolutely looking at this. You should be out there in front helping them make good decisions. Uh, again, we've served people all over the region, lots of information. We have trade missions. Love to have you come down to all of these countries, Belize, Nicaragua, Panama, Argentina, Shanae would be happy to send you the dates. And we're going to wrap up here with just this last comment. You really have the opportunity to bring value to this outbound transaction. Please help your clients. Many of them don't know what they don't know, and they don't know they need you, right? You can be their guide. You can bring value to this transaction. You can give them the kinds of resources like the Consumer Resource Guide that will help them make better decisions. And when you do that, they will be very grateful and very happy. And you will also earn a fee for bringing value to that transaction, as you should. So uh, with that, we're going to, uh, by the way, realtor at ecidevelopment.com for any of the resources. Uh, if you'd like to see a copy of the Zogby survey, we'll send that to you. Again, a great piece of information. We'll send you the consumer resource guide. If you want information on any of the products uh, that we have, happy to send that as well. Shanae will reach out directly to you about the IRN program with the enrollment details. Again, no cost to you. Tremendous program. Gives you all the tools you need to bring value to this transaction. And I hope that 
that many of you will. Your, your clients really need you to, so uh, please do that. All right, are we ready to talk about crypto? I, I think Jackson. so. Yeah, Shanae. All I right, let's talk. So. About, let's talk about crypto for I a few. I am very minutes. ready. You're I am very ready. All right, thank you. Great. All right, and and you know the thing I like to talk about crypto is you know we as a development company we've been taking crypto for about five years. It started just as Bitcoin, and you know and 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 you know other coins came out and other types of currencies came out and we started to take those um, and 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 it's been it's been tremendous for a couple reasons. One, it opened up a whole nother set of clients who weren't going to pay in, in dollars uh, because they had crypto and they wanted to use their crypto, right? So we were able to attract a whole new kind of client. But the other thing is, is we got known as a developer in Latin America who would take crypto. And so we've been invited to speak at a lot of the crypto and Bitcoin conferences, and we have been, uh, and it's opened a lot of doors uh, for the organization. So uh, we're going to talk about what is the, the crypto market. Um, and again, I, I, I said five years. Now it's been five years. We're in 22. Um, you know, a couple of things here that's important. I mean, we've done the most crypto transactions in the region for developing real estate, the most. Uh, and, in, and that's not hard because there aren't many competitors in this space, which is great. Um, and the one thing we were going to come back to <clears throat> in a few minutes and talk about was how we got our Marriott funded. Basically, our Marriott Hotel in Belize was funded through a loan based on crypto, Bitcoin as collateral. Uh, first time that's ever happened, uh, maybe in the world, actually. So uh, kind of a big deal. Uh, so we're going to talk about KYC, know your client, due diligence, uh, how that works. Very, very important in all transactions, of course. Uh, probably a little more important in crypto because of the anonymity in it. Uh, there's, uh, you know, the, the whole thing again of asking the right questions, right? We've got to ask the right questions. And then we're going to look at what's happening in crypto and why there's some very specific hotspots that anyone who's in your network, uh, by the way, 16% of US citizens own crypto uh, or have owned it. Uh, and 20% of the hedge funds out there hold some part of their assets in crypto. So one out of five hedge funds, about one out of six individuals in the United States uh, have crypto. So again, you, you already know these people, right? They're already in your network. Now we just have to figure out a way to identify them and serve them, right? One out of six. Um, let's talk about real quick. And, and if you know this stuff, great. And if you don't, this is pretty simple, but, but I like to keep it real simple. You know, what's the difference between Bitcoin, the blockchain and cryptocurrency, right? The blockchain is really a fundamental programming language for, or a program, but a programming language that allows things to be built upon it, right? And so much like DOS, you know, had all these applications, right? That were built upon DOS system or, or the Mac system. And so Bitcoin is one of the products, one of the things that was built out of this blockchain code, right? Cryptocurrency, is any other type of coin, let's call it that, any other coin like uh, Bitcoin, could be Ethereum, could be Monero, there are many, many hundreds of coins actually. Um, the blockchain, however, has some really interesting attributes that have yet to really be plugged in hard in the real estate sector. Although there's one company, and I'll mention them, uh, in Miami called Propy. Um, Natalia is the CEO. She is leading, leading edge. She is kicking it. Um, when it comes to blockchain and real estate, 
uh, uh, tremendous stuff she's doing. But here's what the blockchain allows you to do, right? It's open source, as you can see on that left little bottom, they're open source, which means it's transparent. Anybody can get in like Unix or Linux, if that means anything to you, right? But you can, anybody can get in and take a piece of it and program it to make it do something because the code itself is open, right? So people can use it. Um, uh, and, and so it's phenomenal for record keeping, uh, smart contracts, deeds and titles. Uh, I, I anticipate that over the next decade or two, things go slow, you know, but probably 20 years from now, almost every title for every piece of property, uh, certainly the ones that have transacted, say, five years from now or beyond, uh, will actually be lodged on the blockchain. Um, it, it's permanent, it's transparent, um, and it's unalterable. And I think I have a slide talking about that in a minute. But, but the bottom line is when something's on the blockchain, everybody in the world can see it. Uh, it, it resides on hundreds of millions of computers. So even if some hacker gets in and hacks a computer or, 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 or a million computers, it doesn't matter. They can't hack every computer where the blockchain is lodging. And so this, this permanency of data and transparency, anybody can go look at it, is powerfully important. And so things like titles and deeds uh, can be done on the blockchain, many, many other industries as well. Um, I always like to talk about how money has changed. I give this presentation, and in fact, I'm going to be giving this presentation for ABOR, the Austin Board of Realtors here, uh, I think next week or the week after, I can't remember. And already some people have sent in some questions and, and sort of like, wow, and, and Bitcoin, you know, and, and I think they said another four-letter word that rhymes with Bitcoin. But anyway, um, you know, like, you know, like, okay, fine. If, if you don't, like, if it's not, if you're not into it, you're not into it, Right. But, but we have to understand that money itself has evolved over time, right? The old Roman coins, gold, paper money, paper money, right? And then a ledger, right? To, to keep track of stuff. How about a checkbook, right? Now, obviously, American Express, Diners Club, the first credit card, right? The Diners Club card, right, came out. And then there was PayPal. And now there's, you know, the cash apps and Venmo. So, you know, over time, money has changed, right? And the people who got on board early, right? Did pretty well. And the people who didn't, well, they, they might have missed an incredible opportunity. Um, thing about Bitcoin is, is it, it, you know, one Bitcoin today is worth about, I think about 40,000. I didn't look today, but somewhere in that range. Um, but they've broken it up into uh, very small pieces like pennies, right? And so now all of a sudden you can transact pretty much down to fractions of pennies actually in Bitcoin. Uh, and the nice thing about transacting in Bitcoin is that it's very, very inexpensive. And the one case study here we're gonna look at later, uh, El Salvador, uh, that became very, very important. But let's also take a look at sort of what I'm gonna call the, the, the cautionary side of it, right? What are the big mistakes people make with crypto? And, and, and really the biggest one is just losing a password. Uh, there's some estimate that that at least a million Bitcoins are lost and gone forever because they were on a thumb drive or on a computer or a hard drive or something, and somebody lost the password and they can't get it back. And, and, and that money is just simply gone, right? I mean, it's just simply gone. It's like, a, you know, it's a ship full of gold that uh, sunk in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean on the way back to Spain, right? I mean, it's just gone, right? So uh, uh, th this is a reality. So making sure you pick uh, uh, passwords and protect those passwords. You got to pick passwords people can't guess, right? So it's got to be a, a tough enough password. And then there's something called securing the seed. The seed is a bunch of words 
um, uh, that, that allow you to recover your password uh, or recover your coin uh, if, you, if you lose your password, right? This is this sort of like your back door. So it's like a secondary password. And so what they recommend, and I think it's a good idea, is to actually write down your password phrases, uh, your seed pit phrases, and put them in a safety deposit box or do something very, very secure with them so that, so that they're protected. Even if you lose your password, you, know, you can still uh, get, your, uh, get your crypto, right? Uh, KYC is know your client. AML is anti-money laundering. Uh, so KYC and AML procedures, uh, they, they, these are pretty standard. Obviously in the real estate industry, we have uh, certain types of, of KYC and AML that we go through when clients are looking to uh, purchase property. In the crypto world, it, it's actually a little more uh, a little more onerous, which is a good thing, right? We're, we're gonna we're gonna look for the UBO, underlying beneficial owner. Lots of acronyms here, but again, this this is important stuff because it validates who the buyer, the seller are, who the owner of those coins are, so that they can transact legitimately. Um, and and this is the process. So, uh, you know, once once a, a, a contract is approved, hey, I'm gonna buy the home. Somebody wants to sell the home. Great, we have a deal, right? So we can schedule in a day to perform the trade. Uh, we look at the conversion rate. Again, Bitcoin, cryptos are volatile. We're going to pick an exact time. We're going to transact at that time. We send a very small transaction, uh, uh, again, about you know, a fraction of a penny. Um, if, it is, if it happens, it happens very quickly in a matter of a few seconds. Then we transfer the full amount into the wallet. Uh, it's confirmed six times. That's part of the whole blockchain. Uh, that might take 15, 20 seconds, even a minute, but, but not that long. Um, and then it's over. The transaction is complete at that point. Um, and so in terms of actually doing the transaction, especially if a title is lodged on the blockchain, literally it could happen in 15, 20 minutes uh, and the parties don't need to be with each other. Uh, this is coming. This is coming in big ways. It simplifies the process. It speeds up the process. Uh, for a transaction of real estate uh, and the security of doing it uh, via the blockchain is, is powerful. So th this is coming uh, again, uh, Natalia and Propi in Miami, uh, they are at the forefront of it. They're leading the way, but they are, they are trailblazing and doing some great stuff. I, I strongly suggest uh, you take a look at that. Uh, a friend of my wife's likes to you know, say, only the, only the criminals deal in Bitcoin. Well, okay, maybe. I mean, maybe 16% of Americans are criminals. I don't know. Um, but, but the bottom line is, is that even with Bitcoin, which has tons of anonymity associated with it, when that Russian hacker group came in and shut down the colonial pipeline, you know, the FBI was able to get in and get back almost all of the Bitcoin that they paid in ransom, right? And so again, it, it, when, when bad actors are bad and they play in this space, you know, the law enforcement world has the ability to uh, get remedy in many, even most cases. And so this is important to understand too, that, yeah, I mean, I think criminals use Bitcoin or crypto, criminals use dollars, right? I mean, the biggest money laundering entities in the world are, you know, US banks actually, um, and, and British banks. But anyway, I'm not picking on us necessarily, but, but the bottom line is banks in general are the largest money laundering uh, uh, entities in the world. And that all happens in, in dollars or euros or, or whatever it's happening in. So uh, we're not going to stop the criminal enterprise. Uh, crypto is, is, again, an evolution of money. 
Uh, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just a new thing. Uh, but again, uh, law enforcement has its abilities to, uh, to really take care of, of situations if they come up. Uh, and, and again, just looking at the people getting on board, look at the names of some of these companies. And on the, on the right side, you've got tech infrastructure. Of course, Facebook and Microsoft, they're all tech companies. They're getting on it. But let's just stay right here. Financial institutions and bank, Morgan Stanley, Goldman, JP Morgan, HSBC, Deutsche Bank, right? Citibank. Uh, how about down below with you know, Yale, Dartmouth, Harvard, MIT, Fairfax County, um, um, Miami-Dade. I mean, this is this this crypto environment in and cryptocurrencies, blockchain-based systems are being adopted by big, big names. Okay, big, big names, and uh, it, it, it's happening. It it's not going to happen. It is happening, and we can either step out of the way and go, ah, I'm not into that, or or we can say, you know what, I want to get on the I want to get on this train because this train is moving and it's moving fast. Let's talk about El Salvador for a minute. A small case study. Uh, Kate, this is important because El Salvador made Bitcoin legal tender on September 7th of last year. Legal tender. They were the first country in the world to do so. Okay. Yeah. The IMF's given them a little bit of, you know, har harassment these days, telling them to back it off. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they do or not. But there are a lot of reasons why a country like El Salvador said, you know what? Bitcoin's actually a, a, a great thing. And and one of them, we're going to talk about two of them, by the way, but one of them uh, is the fact that a, I think it's the second largest piece of El Salvador's foreign uh, income, GDP, comes from what are called remittances. These are Salvadorians living outside of El Salvador, most in the United States and Canada, who have jobs up here, and they send a lot of money home to, to mom and, and sister and family, right? Well, you know what? If they're sending 250 bucks a week or, or 300 bucks a week, pick the number and they go to Western Union. Western Union whacks them 50 bucks to do a transfer here. And then maybe it's another 10 bucks down in El Salvador. So they're, you know, say 60 bucks on a, on a, on a $300 transaction. That's 20%. 20% of the money is gone to Western Union. Well, with, with crypto, with Bitcoin, the transaction might cost a penny. Right. So the son, daughter, family member up here working can send $300 back down to mom and mom gets $299.99. I mean, that, that, that's meaningful, right? That's extreme. That's $60. That, that's meaningful. And so El Salvador really looked at that and they looked at one more thing and said, you know what? This makes a lot of sense for us to do as a country. Um, uh, and actually, we're going to come back to the second part of that story in a second. Um, the other thing I want to mention real quick is this idea of this younger generation, right? These digital nomads, this, this, this whole new group of people who are millennials and, 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 and Gen Xers or Gen Yers, Gen Yers, millennials, and then the, the Gen Zers, right? Look at this number, but 92% of millennials don't trust banks. I mean, that's like all of them, right? Let's just, let's just call it. I mean, you know, 92%, that's all of millennials, save a few, don't trust banks. I mean, it's just staggering to me. I don't know if it's staggering to you. That's staggering to me, right? But let's look at this environment of why they don't trust banks, right? Federal Reserve's printing money like crazy, finally starting to see some inflation. That's not a good thing, by the way, but I mean, they've been printing money like crazy, but, but now all of a sudden we actually have inflation, right? 7% last year, a little over 7%. 
right? The millennials, they're not stupid. They're looking at that going, oh, this doesn't work. I mean, how, how's that gonna happen? And, and you know, the, the, old, the old gold bugs, you know, my generation, the older folks, you know, for inflation hedge, they would out, go out and buy gold or silver and throw it in their safety deposit box or whatever. You know, that was their inflation hedge. But for the new generation, their inflation hedge is Bitcoin. It's other cryptos. You know, Bitcoin has 20, uh, 21 million coins and that's it. Like they can't make any more. Right. There's mining because I think maybe 18 or 19 million have been mined. So there's another couple, three million that have to come out. Right. But at the end of the day, like it's over. Right. So it's finite. It's a finite, unlike the US dollar or other fiat currencies. And, and the millennials understand that and, and, and they're worried about it. And so they don't trust banks. Um, let's, let's talk about how Bitcoin crypto uh, will be a major disruptor. Right, it is going to eliminate a lot of the middlemen in transactions. Uh, I don't think it eliminates us in the real estate profession. Right, I mean we're looking at people buying houses online and stuff like that, and you know maybe it goes well, but many times it doesn't. You know our business is a service business. Our business is a people business. But you know if you're the bank making the wire, right, you don't see anybody. You fill out some paperwork, you send a wire. Uh, you know, how, how about the whole uh, issue of, 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 of uh, insurance and, and uh, you know, title uh, guarantees and things like that? Well, if it's paper, you know, it's in a file cabinet in the basement of the Jefferson County, you know, uh, uh, archives. Well, yeah, we, we need some insurance on that, right? We need to make sure. But, you know, when, when it's lodged on the blockchain and it's permanent, we don't anymore, right? A lot of middlemen are going to be disrupted. Um, it, it does improve trust. I can see your wallet. You can see my wallet. When the money comes through, it's immediate and it's over within seconds, right? Uh, that, that's, that's incredible trust in a transaction. Uh, the title register we talked about speeds up all transactions. If they're on the blockchain already, the transaction is nearly instantaneous. Uh, liquidity, it's immediate. It's there and it's immediate. Uh, fraud, again, uh, you know, we reduce the fraud because the blockchain is totally transparent, right? It doesn't eliminate the use of the blockchain for fraudulent transactions, that's different. But the blockchain itself is transparent. And so it's, you, can, you can really not be fraudulent on the blockchain. Um, and then obviously reducing the costs and fees like the, the, the money remittances back to El Salvador. Instead of 60 bucks, it's, you know, it's a penny. Um, the other thing that's happening, and this, is, this was a big deal and this was a big deal for our company, you know, we've looked at what has been pledged as collateral in the past for loans, right? Homes, boats, cars. I mean, you borrow, you know, get a car loan, right? What's the collateral? The car, right? Uh, you can put up stocks and bonds, other things. Well, now you can actually pledge Bitcoin uh, for transactions, for the collateral in a deal. Uh, first blockchain commercial mortgage. Again, uh, it's, it's new. This is all was about a year ago, right? May of 21, right? But it's starting to happen and it's starting to transact. And, uh, and I mentioned before our, our married hotel, uh, was funded based on the collateral of a Bitcoin, uh, many Bitcoins actually. But anyway, um, you know, first time uh, it was a you know fifty million dollar uh, uh, collateral pledge. So again, these are the kinds of things that that transform people's ability to do business in new and exciting ways. And and again, for us as well, um, uh, the reality of crypto is these transactions are happening all over the world. Our space is Latin America. Uh, uh, again, coming back to El Salvador, uh, th th this, this is a hotspot. If, if you've got folks in your network who own Bitcoin, chances are that this is old news to them. 
many of them are thinking, you know, I might want to do something in El Salvador. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and I told you I would tell the second story, and I'm going to do that right now just for, for two minutes, the Mike Peterson story. That's him there. Uh, and, and Mike Peterson uh, started a, a project about 17 years ago now called Hope House. Uh, it's a, a service organization. It's a, it's a charity that he set up to basically help other charities, other faith-based organizations who wanted to work in El Salvador, uh, come down and do their work. He would take care of things like renting the buses or, or figuring out the meals or where they were going to sleep. He did all in-country logistics and did a great job of it. And so, and, and so one of these groups that kept coming down year after year had a donor who had a whole bunch of Bitcoin. And they said to this group, they said, hey, I've got, you know, I don't know, a million dollars worth of Bitcoin. Um, we'll take it. Um, if, uh, you know, if you plan, if you promise to use it, right, you can't cash it in, you got to use it. So they came to Mike, they said, Mike, do you think you could use Bitcoin? He said, I think I can because he's, he's a crypto guy. So he created a program on, on, on a phone on, on a wallet, made a wallet on a phone, and went around to this little town that he uh, lived in called uh, uh, El Zonte, and, and said, look, if you put this app on your phone, I will give you $35 of Bitcoin. Well, lo and behold, a couple thousand people said, hey, you're going to give me 35 bucks? I'll download that app. And they did. And so then people went to the store to buy a Coke. They transacted in Bitcoin. They went to buy a dress you know, for their daughter. They put it on the phone and did the Bitcoin. And this whole thing became very transactional. So that worked. Well, then COVID hit. And when COVID hit, unlike the U.S., where lots of checks were flying around, right? People were, you know, government was sending everybody money, right? Well, in El Salvador, the government wasn't sending anybody money. There is no money to send to people. And so if you were out of work, tough luck, right? If you were in the tourism industry or, or some part of the economy hit hard by COVID, right? Just tough luck. And Mike went back to the donor and said, hey, I got all these people. At that point, maybe about you know, six, 700 people still had the wallets, he said, uh, would you be willing to give each of these people, you know, 30 bucks a month in Bitcoin, uh, you know, during this COVID period? And, and donor did. And then there was still economic vitality in that little town of El Zonte. And the government, the federal government of El Salvador looked at that and said, wow, this is incredible. Like what you've done here, we, we, we you know, the, the, there's all kinds of incredible benefits for El Salvador, the people of El Salvador. Uh, if we do this too, would you show us how? And Mike did, and 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 that's how the government of El Salvador ultimately came to uh, create uh, this secondary legal tender as Bitcoin for the country. So uh, Mike Mike Peterson is actually our business partner there. He approached me at a conference last summer in Miami and said, "Hey, I've got this beautiful piece of property. I'm in the food business. I run a charity. Um, would you help me develop it?" And and we agreed. Uh, again, you can see pupusas. This lady on the left, <laughs> she's wearing a Bitcoin uh, apron, right? She's making pupusas. They're like, I don't know, 40 cents a piece, right? You can buy one with a Bitcoin, the little Coke stand on the bottom right. Um, and, 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 and by the way, El Salvador is a phenomenal surfing uh, location as well. Uh, this picture on the right is the property that Mike Peterson uh, owns, and uh, he asked us to come in and develop it. So we are now doing a joint venture uh, with him incredible property, views to the ocean, uh, just a spectacular piece of property, site plans in, the zoning uh, approvals are going through right now. You can see the kind of product we're going to offer, again, to a Bitcoin uh, person who's generally a younger person, a little bit more modern, sleek designs, 
the kinds of things that excite them. Again, uh, this, this night might not be my style. In fact, it really isn't my style. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's not about me. It's about what the Bitcoin uh, uh, community is looking for. And, and the really neat thing that we're doing here that I am most excited about actually is that we're creating a physical community, 450 addresses uh, on this property, that is a physical community for what today is an online community. Um, and, 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 and these folks are really enthusiastic and they enjoy spending time with one another. And there is no other place uh, where they can do that. And so we're going to be offering that. And again, if you've got people in your network who are uh, crypto enthusiasts, Bitcoin enthusiasts, uh, you, you should definitely be letting them know about this. All right. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, we're going to come back. We're going to end it right here. Uh, if, uh, if you'd like to get a copy of uh, any of these materials, uh, anything on El Salvador, we'd love to, we'd love to have you reach out. Um, and that's it. I'm happy to take any questions, I think, if, if I can answer them. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Uh, or how we're doing on time. Up to you. Jacqueline, Hi. the program is yours. <laughs> Thank you. Well, yeah. I'm glad you really mentioned Natalia. Because Natalia maybe will be here on the 25th of February. She's confirming with me right oh. now. Oh, tremendous. So, um, so part of this also is becoming a designated agent, um, an agent for Bitcoin and crypto. And I will speak more about that later. And I'm bringing it to the forefront in Massachusetts and for the greater Boston area. So we're super excited about that. You are like our leap and jump. <laughs> and I recommend uh -huh. everyone here to uh, contact Shanae and get all the information you can, put it on your website, just put it in your taglines, just little things. It's always that open door to communication that brings us forth. That little, huh, wow, I didn't think about that. And then all of a sudden you have a whole new network and uh, putting it on your website. So everywhere you go, that little tag should be, if if you so choose, um, you, you can speak with Shanae and Michael more about it. Um, we will be having a series on this. Michael, you're going to be invited again, of course. Um, Thank you. We're going to make a bigger platform on this as the year goes on and as our calendar progresses. So I'm very grateful that you came. And um, I'm hoping that we can do this live um, so we can see yes. touch everyone. And that will be a great thing. Um, live is wonderful, Jacqueline. I, I look forward to getting back with people again, too. So, yeah. Yes. And so yeah. also talking possibly about a trade mission to Belize. So I'll speak oh, to you about that later. Okay. Um, but Send me an email about that, Jacqueline. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. This is like our, this is our jump. This is the first time that I think um, here in the, in the boss, greater Boston area that we're speaking about this and looking to bring it out to all of Massachusetts and uh, all along the East coast. This is a great, um, platform Women's Council is national. Um, so it just doesn't stop here. We are an ever growing community. So thank you so much for uh, coming and being with us. And I know you have to grab a flight well, mic. I do. Do we, do we have any? I think I see some questions, but I yeah. can't open the box. So yeah, yeah. I, can't, I can't see that. Uh, Shanae has that. I, I see nothing. Okay. <laughs> Sure. So um, I would like to say that we we have an international audience. We we do have um, Antonio joining us all the way from Portugal today. Wow. So, oh, Antonio. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we also have a question. 
Um, I'll just read it out loud for Mike. I wonder if Mike has heard about REF, a real estate transaction token that will be launched within the next week or so. Interested to hear his thoughts on that if he's familiar with it. I, I have no thoughts, but if if you would forward that information to the uh, realtor at ecidevelopment.com and just put attention Mike in the subject line, I'll get it. And I would love to see what that's about. Thank you. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And let's see. Oh, yeah. Um, that That's a question for me. I'll answer that one offline. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that is, let's see, there was a few more, some people interested in our discovery tours as well um, in trade missions. So that's great. Um, Amy uh, said that she's very impressed and intrigued. So I look forward to speaking with you more, Amy, offline as well. And then I if anybody has any questions that's online, if you go to the bottom, there's a Q&A section. I think one more just came through. Everybody just giving Mike multiple accolades for his magnificent presentation. So. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know, I'm excited about it. I'm, I, you know, I really am. And, and it's, it's, it's really, uh, I don't know, it's really special to be on the front edge of, of this crypto thing, especially to see how it's evolving. And, and this REF token that, that somebody just mentioned, it is happening so fast. I mean, I just got back from Bitcoin or crypto conference in Miami, and I've got three back-to-back -back crypto conferences. I can't remember, it's like April 2nd, then the, the, the 4th and the 5th, and then the 6th through the 9th. I mean, three separate individual. And, and these conferences are, are just chock full of information. The, the, the pace of change, the evolution of things in the crypto space, is unbelievable uh, and it is exciting so I'm, I'm glad people are picking up on that and uh and and uh yeah it, it it is exciting and it's easy to talk about it and be enthusiastic because uh th this is where it's going this is where a big segment of our business is going uh, uh and, and Jacqueline thank you for what you're doing obviously I had no idea you were bringing Natalia next week but, yes. but good Good for you. Good for your members. That that's that's huge. Uh, again, huge. she's on the cutting edge of this stuff, and and uh, yeah, yeah, make sure you're back for that. I, I won't be able to, but I'll I'll get the recording and watch it. So yeah, well, she's confirming right now. So uh, it's going to be one of our pop up events again. Um, it, everyone will be able to watch this video at wcr.org underneath the Greater Boston uh, uh, website. So if you'd like to see it again please go to uh, wcr.org and go to our Greater Boston and Central website. You'll be able to find us right there. And this way you could also then reach out to, um, to ECI directly and uh, have your questions answered. And you'll have to send me that information at, on the REF as well, because this is the cutting edge. It's gonna change all of our financial lives. Yep. Okay, so thank you very much and thank you everybody. Thanks Jacqueline. Thank you. Have a good flight. Thanks, Janae. I will. Thank you, everybody, for joining. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone.